football on off the ball. They've got as much quality high up the pitch as any team kind of struggle. And if you're Liverpool's party, you think, oh, this isn't great. But suddenly in a 10, 15 minute period, that front three can click. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge, huge goal. I'm very proud of the team's performance. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen McNamee and I am joined by what the programme at the Match of the Aviva called on Saturday, the most respected woman in Irish football, Karen Duggan. Karen, how are you this morning? Yeah, my mum has a way with words, doesn't she? <laughs> but it was impressive, I have to say. It was a very nice little profile of you in that uh, programme. Um, you were pitch side for the game. It was quite a spectacular setting. I mean, a beautiful day. 36,000 people couldn't really have asked for much more in terms of the first ever game at the Aviva. No, it was incredible. Um, I was a bit nervous beforehand when they were saying, you know, we've sold 30 something odd tickets because we've had that experience before where we're like, tell us a sellout. And then there's like half an empty stand. But people really came out in force and it was it felt really special. I Like from the national anthem to the final lap of honour, I think that was like, kind of spine chill and stuff it was it felt a bit surreal um that the girls were able to achieve that and it's been a long time coming um and fair play to everyone who turned out and made it such a an incredible spectacle and they got to enjoy a nice mm. 3-0 win which is always good as well I know it was nice having a big historic moment and a result to back it up that was pretty comprehensive and didn't really have any doubt over it I was nervous for the first 20 minutes I was a bit like oh <laughs> God. Yeah, I think everyone was a little bit. I I remember turning when the team walked out onto the pitch. I turned to Stephen Doyle, who was doing uh, columns with me for Off the Ball, and I was like, "It's weird. This doesn't actually feel unusual to me now." Like having mm. watched the team at those three games in Australia, I was like, "Yeah, no, like this is the normal." It would actually almost be weirder going back to see them in Tala and in a smaller stadium. Um, and like as you say whenever the national anthem was played, I actually think that was even slightly better than some of the anthems in Australia. Like it's hard to beat that opening game because it was just like so momentous in so many different ways. But like, I definitely had goosebumps by the end and like could just feel like a little tear in my eye. And I was like, come on, Kelly, you need to (laughs) keep this together. (laughs) But it was just even walking around the Aviva beforehand. Like one of the things I think you don't really get about Tala, which is unfortunate, is like there isn't really a meeting spot around the stadium for people to kind of, you know, gather beforehand, have a bit of food if you want to have like a drink or something with your mates. You kind of do that in town and then come out to it. Whereas it was so nice walking up to the Viva and just seeing people out chilling or like kids sitting on the pavements with their flags or jumping off buses, whatever it was. Um, And like you say, I also had that fear that especially being in the stadium and it was like 10 minutes before kickoff and it still looked kind of empty. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) But thankfully people were just clearly enjoying the sunshine a little bit too much when they were getting themselves in because like you said, there was that massive crowd there. Um, In terms of the football itself, I mean, I got the team sheet and I was like, oh, Eileen is making her stamp and so is her management team. What were your thoughts when you first saw it come through? 
Exactly that. Um, I think the standout name was obviously Tyler Toland coming back in um, after enduring a a bit of an exile for the last few years. And she came in and she did exactly what she used to do. She was steady. She was composed after the first couple of balls, because first couple of ones were went a bit astray. But that was kind of a theme of everyone. I kind of felt for the first mm-hmm. like we were starting to build a package on sloppy Ireland and thankfully we didn't have to use it because we grew into the game but um, Tyler did as well grew into the game um, really really solid performance um, which was great and it gives us another option there I think that there's still going to be a point where we can play with one six rather than two um, we're still kind of going to have to feel out what our what our best shape is um, but I do think that this group gives us an opportunity to do that looking at Northern Ireland Um they didn't pose a huge amount of threat. And I think that this will be one of the more competitive games. Um, they frustrated us for, like I said, 20 minutes. But um, then, of course, anytime a debutant comes in, you're, you're keeping a keen eye. And was very impressed with Caitlin Hayes' ball distribution. Um, obviously, we didn't see the backs under a huge amount of pressure in terms of having to defend. But her switch of play is massive to have in our armory because that's the only area I felt like we struggled a little bit was the pace at which we moved the ball. We were a bit predictable going side to side, but when Hayes got it, she was able to completely switch the play um, and that'll drag a team out and it's it's such a weapon to have, uh, particularly when she's switching it to Katie McCabe who you know was creeping up the pitch on that left-hand side. So um, really, really impressive debut from her. Um, so the centre-back... When we've all of our fit centre backs, it'll be an interesting uh, time because I'm obviously still hopeful that Megan Campbell can come back in. Obviously, Eva Mannion, Neil Fahey. What a lot of centre backs and no strikers. <laughs> more, maybe we can convert a few. It wouldn't be like an Irish team to have like great defensive qualities and then struggle with a striking team up front. Yeah, no, I actually. When I was doing the commentary, she was one of the people that I had in mind as like a player of the match. So I just think it's so impressive to come in on your debut, perform the way she did. She was clearly the target for a lot of those um, free kicks and also corners that were coming in. And like I was talking to her afterwards, said that's like very much a role she plays with Celtic as well, always being the tall gal in the group. <laughs> um, and I thought it was really nice. Like there's a lovely bit of her speaking about and what an honor it was to line up beside Louise Quinn, who's always been her hero and how much she hopes she can kind of learn from her. And it was very obvious talking to her that it was a massive deal that she got that call up and to be able, I suppose, to be thinking about it for so long on the mental side of things and to feel the pressure of like your whole family there, it's at the Aviva and to actually be able to put it in a performance, I thought was a really strong quality of hers as well as what she actually did on the pitch Um, because you just spent two minutes talking to her and it was clear that this is something she has dreamed of for a very, very long time. Um, well, good. It, it should be. You know, yeah. we shouldn't be surprised by someone who's representing Ireland being patriotic about it and being... No, it's not surprised though, but it's more like, you know, when you talk to certain people, it's like, it was how... Like, it was like something that had always, 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 always been there. And she was so keen to make sure everyone knew that. And I just thought that was really nice because she could easily just talked about the football, but instead she was like, and I want to emphasize like 
oh, Louise has been my hero growing up and this is important and that was important. And I always like that when a player does come into the fold and especially she's slightly older as well, she's 28, I think. The fact that she was like, I want Irish people to know like I'm here for you completely and I'm so excited for this. No, that's, yeah, I I didn't hear any of the interviews after, but um, yeah, it's again, any talent we can get that's going to add to this Irish team is good because you know, it's another two years time. You're talking about Louise, you're talking about Diane, you're talking about Neve Fahey again. Like we've always been so stacked in that centre back area. We've been blessed, but you know, you have to, to keep an eye on the future as well. And yeah, she's 28, but that could mean another four or five years at international level if she looks after herself and she keeps playing the way she did on, on Saturday. Yeah. And it's good having someone as well with that little bit of maturity that'll help any younger players that are coming through in terms of their development as well. And hopefully that'll keep the kind of train. Uh, yeah. And that's something I'd like to see because having kind of, I know we'll find out more on Tuesday, but looking at the standard of our group, keep bringing in the young players to play amongst them will be important because someone like Abby Larkin for me, I feel is going to be a huge player in the Euros for us. I think she could be a mainstay in the starting 11 and it's time to like give her more and more minutes and build up, build that up now. And she's going to keep developing now that she's gone pro, but it's just getting used to the international pace and giving her more time at that. Obviously she, she lit up at the world cup, so we know she has it in her, but it's a different kettle of fish when there's actually a lot of expectation on you. Um, and she's going to have that now. And that's because she's so talented, but if we give her more and more minutes, she'll manage, she'll learn to manage that really well. So I'd like to see, uh, even more of her throughout the campaign, possibly getting a start in one or two of the games. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about in our preview on Friday was where the goals going to come from, and we managed to get three of them, and one of them even came from open play. Well, we'll count it as open, even though it <laughs> we're going to count it. She was on top of them enough that they messed up, and she scored it. So we're going to take the small wins while they're there, Karen. Sure. Um, but in terms of when it comes to that sort of stuff, how how do you think we performed overall? Um, I think it was good that we were getting in the positions to get a lot more crosses into the box and we were getting bodies in the box. Um, again, I thought Carusa's movement was very, very good and she's always offering herself and working extremely hard for the team. Um, the only area of improvement is we can play a little bit more through the middle um, and we can get our distances right a bit better so that we can free up Denise. Um, I think we're so used to going along that we need to become more comfortable just bouncing it into the two number sixes so they can drag a player in, bring Denise in behind. Because again, when Denise got the ball, I thought she was phenomenal. Like could easily, you were talking about player of the match, you could easily pick Denise again. Um, and it would have been completely justified. Like when she did get on the ball, you could just feel a shift in kind of the atmosphere. Like there was an expectation that something good was going to happen and it nearly always did. Um, so th- there's a, bit of improvement there I think not having someone like Rachel Littlejohn or Sinead Farley maybe they'd be the type of player who would demand it more off the the centre-backs but generally I thought that Crossing was good I thought Caruso's movement was really good we can get more shots on target with that amount of possession that we had Um, but again Rome wasn't built in a day kind of thing we have to be like scoring three goals in an international match is very very good um, no matter how they come and set pieces are always going to be important for us and they have been in the past so it was good to score off them um, and it was Lucy Quinn so she did 
she did very well. Usually it's the other Quinn that we're looking for from set pieces. <laughs> but it's good. Again, it's people are going to know that about Louise Quinn. So having someone like Caitlin Hayes, who's very, very strong from set pieces, gives another option, you know, and it allows us to be a bit more diverse in what we do from set pieces. Not Katie shooting from corners. Yeah. Yeah, I did love there was one point where um Denise nearly scored uh header at the far post and I just mm-hmm. saw a blonde ponytail and I was like, oh it's Louise. And then I realized it's Denise and I was like, that would be an epic way <laughs> to mark this match is Denise scoring a header at the yeah. far post. Um yeah, like I was trying to think of the last time where we scored multiple goals and kept a clean sheet. And it does feel like it has been quite a while since that has happened. And like even I think Courtney only really had stuff to do once or twice during yeah, the game. It was a know. quiet day at the office for the, for yeah. the defense. She got to just like enjoy the scenery, look at the crowd. That's good because she's had some very busy days where she's kept yeah. almost single-handedly. So she deserved a nice day in the sun. This is very true. We will, we will definitely let her have it. And then looking ahead to tomorrow. So we play Hungary at half six. Um tomorrow evening like you said you kind of feel like this group we should control it quite easily I thought going into it the Northern Ireland was going to be our biggest test and I did think they would offer up a little bit more I have to say they were a lot poorer than I was expecting in a lot yeah, of I areas the, I think the big pitch kind of exposed them a little bit as well um, yeah but I mean credit to Ireland there as well I suppose but it, look they're in a period of transition as well. They have a new manager and I think she's going to be a very good appointment, but it's going to take time. And when you put it in perspective, we always talk about how much of an underdog we are, but there's 20 odd places between us and Northern mm. Ireland. And we spoke about how brilliant it is that everyone's a professional now on the Irish team and they don't have that set up. So you have to give them credit for what they've done before that people have built this expectation of them that they would come to a game like the Republic of Ireland and compete. Mm. And I think it is right that we did have that going into it in the sense that, you know, they did qualify for Euros when we failed to do it. They, us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they did like, you know, they put their money where their mouth was at that stage, but I can understand now why we have like progressed a little bit past them and hopefully that continues. Um, so yeah, like I said, I very much felt like that was going to be the most competitive match, but also you can never really take any of these things for granted. I think um, it'll be a different match against Hungary. I think it'll be a lot scrappier. Um, yeah. I think Hungary will set up to frustrate us and, you know, kick us and, and stuff like that. And I think that um, we have to be prepared for that now as well because we have a bit of profile in this group. Mm. Obviously, we do have profile. We we do it to other teams that are ranked above us. It's going to be done to us now. So it'll be interesting to see how we um, kind of cope with that. And I spoke about it. Something we need to get comfortable with is being the favourites and being the dominant team in possession. And it's something we've struggled with in the past. So while it will be better to be in Group A and obviously playing against higher ranked teams, this gives us the opportunity to become more comfortable in those games because you're always like fear in those games against like Slovakia and the likes of them. Mm. And they've never been showstopper games when when we have played <laughs> them. Um, so this is a good opportunity for that. Mm. This group. And you mentioned earlier about the fact that like these are maybe the sort of games to kind of give some game time to younger players. Are you changing your starting 11 or are you kind of like bringing them in after like an hour, 70 minutes sort of thing? Um, With Abby at some point, I would certainly start her. Um, 
yeah, I, I, it's hard. Again, it's always going to be hard to change a winning formula and Eileen's going to want to continue on with the winning streak. But, um, and obviously Lucy Quinn scored, so she did very, very well. Um, she could have had a couple actually. So, uh, and she worked extremely hard. So it would be hard to take her out because that is the position you would probably look to put Abby in. Um, but it, it would be good, I think, just because Eileen is head of women's development so she she should be the person who uh, thinks about these things as well so uh, maybe not in the second game where we're still kind of settling into the group but at some point when we've kind of sussed the opposition and we say okay right well we are a dominant team no matter what starting 11 we play um, I think that there would be opportunity to make some changes to to it but yeah I think even subs could be made earlier and um, not like pre-prescribed ones, which we saw in <laughs> Australia where we randomly so take what you're talking about for no reason, even though she's the best player in the pitch. Um, I wouldn't be saying that, something like that, but um, I'm excited to see more players because again, it, the bench wasn't something we overly utilised um, in our previous campaign, but we couldn't, you know, because of the, the calibre of opposition. We had to keep things very steady, but th- I think there is opportunity here for that. Mm. Abby is probably the obvious one to give a bit of game time, but is there anyone else there that you would like to see more of? Um, I mean, in the current squad, it's not a huge amount. I'd love, I'd like to see more of Emily Whelan um, because she was around a good few years ago and she was brilliant and showed a lot of promise. Um, but I think there's a lot of players to come back in that I'm excited to see. I'm excited for Jess Sue to come back. Um, I'd like to see, like I said, the last day, Ellen Malloy, uh, Aaron McLaughlin, Tara O'Hanlon. I think that there there'd be Jamie Thompson possibly. Um, there's opportunity to to bring them in and just see and without putting a huge amount of pressure on them. Um, mm. I mean there'll be games away to Hungary and Albania and stuff like that. I mean it's not going to be a huge amount of eyes on those games and it it takes the pressure off those girls a little bit as well, which is a good thing um, so I think there's there's a lot to come back in after injury which would be good um, in this camp yeah just more Emily Whelan more Abby Larkin uh, who else is around that's young <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no it's there's there's more to there's more to come from this squad um, I think we've did really well really well like we have a massive injury list when I actually read it the other day. I was a bit like... There's oh, practically a starting I'm, 11 there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think I'm a bit nervous about this game. But thankfully, um, I mean, all the, all the mainstays were still there and they still performed really well. So. Mm. And having experienced a big day at the Aviva, do you think there's more of a case now for being there more regularly? There has to be. I mean, there absolutely has to be. Um we have to obviously prove that we can do it more than once by there being a huge demand for Tala and, and completely selling Tala out. And but do we have to? Tala. Do we have to do that? Like you've proven that you can get thirty six thousand people, and I feel like like there's such a difference in the Aviva in the sense that like it's in the centre of town, it's easier yeah. to get to. Like. <sighs> I feel like more people have more of an association with the yeah, as well because I, they've seen yeah, like, you're right. I think my opinion of it has de- definitely changed because I was like, God, we've never sold a Tala. Like, why would why would we change to the Viva? But it is the old build it and they'll come thing. And you're right, it is. It's the home of Irish football, and this is uh, 
a trailblazing team, a team that has garnered support far and wide. So I think... And like, if you look how close they've been to selling out Tatla, like, so we've never been like five, 600 tickets. It's not, you know... Yeah, it, yeah. But it was like, it was... It was also brilliant that it was kind of like a midday on a Saturday and it didn't clash with mm. the rugby and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like that, would, it would be incredible if we could kind of make it our home. It was it was so enjoyable. I, I felt like it was it was really, really special. But I think it has to become the norm now. I think we have to show that. This I think, well, the FAI or whoever the decision makers are here have to say, yeah, this this is our full backing. And that means you deserve to play in the, the national stadium. I, I always loved playing in Tala because the great pitch and it's enclosed and you can build an atmosphere there. Um, but it's fantastic to say that we've potentially outgrown it. I hope we've outgrown it. Yeah. And I just think that like, I as you say, it's that thing of like, build it and people will come and it'll grow and I think that there's so much opportunity to market the Aviva as like an exciting place for people to go like I was saying the fact that like you know you're close to town you can like do stuff beforehand like that's the one thing that I loved about the crowds in Australia was Mm -hmm. like obviously like it's great seeing kids there and that's like really really important and stuff but like the crowds were definitely more skewed towards like people yeah. our age and stuff and because of that the atmosphere was totally different to well that's you know, it if i excited was, kids screaming yeah. there was actual chants and stuff and like i'm not taking away from one because that that's really important yeah, but like it's great to have a little bit of both as well and probably rather than constantly marketing this team to younger people also saying to adults like this is just like a good crack like it's a good day out yeah like one of my favorite things to do would be after work to stroll across to the Aviva have a a pint with my pals and then go and watch the international team um men's team Mm -hmm. so that should be an option for the women and I know a lot of people would would totally get on board with it like it's a great stadium it's always a good atmosphere when it's there um so I think they have to trial it. I like, certainly think if we win this group and we are playing higher profile games, absolutely it has to be there. Definitely. That was the only thing that I was like, oh, now is not the time for us to be in the group that we currently are. Like, also not, not great that we're going to be playing like Albania at a weird time on a Friday in Tala. Like that's bad traffic, bad game, bad. <laughs> I just love the final bat. <laughs> no, but um, as you say, if we get out and imagine there is like playoffs happening or there's like higher opposition coming, you feel like you'd have to do it. Imagine that Sweden game with like the caliber of players they have, but it's in the Aviva. Or imagine like coming up against France and I know like it was a warm up game for the World Cup, but those sort of players. That game then- should have been in the Aviva. Looking at yesterday, that game should have been in the Aviva to give the girls the experience before they went to Australia of that kind of atmosphere. Um, I thought that that was, that was one of the things that stood out to me. I think seeing it and seeing the crowd that actually came in, I think that we could have given that to the girls before we sent them off. Great that they have had it as a homecoming, but I think the experience actually could have really stood to them. Yeah, I agree. And I also don't agree. Like I had a few people say that those 36,000 people have just turned up since the World Cup. And I was like, no. I don't think so. I think these are people that have always been there. It's just that we're actually giving them all an opportunity to gather in one massive spot for once. Um, Like those 
hardcore fans have been there for a long time and maybe some of them have joined over the course of the World Cup qualifying and the tournament itself but uh, yeah Look, We've everyone's always, welcome <laughs> everyone is welcome indeed um, well Karen thank you very much as always I hope you enjoy the game tomorrow and we will be back uh, this week to reflect on it and also look ahead to the WSL season which is starting this weekend you, you're not playing in the league this weekend are you? No, we have a bye this weekend. Yeah, we so you plenty of can relax and put pressure on everyone else. Yeah, you can just <laughs> enjoy your lead at the top and also catch There is up nothing with- enjoyable about this, Kathleen. I'm very stressed <laughs> all the time. Oh, I can imagine. I just like to say it to you because I know it probably even stresses you out even more. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, oh, and I should ask as well, how do we rate Emma Burns' first ever coaching lineup in a... Bang average, bang average, wouldn't bring her back. <laughs> give, give her the boot so she comes back to us. <laughs> no, I'm delighted. I'm delighted for Emma. Like, I was, I was looking at her, like, lining up all the cones and stuff before the game and her and Eileen standing beside each other. Like, the height difference was really funny. But, um, <laughs> uh, no, I think it's brilliant for them. I think that they will bring the atmosphere that this team needs in order to settle after mm-hmm. everything they they bring the right te- temperament to the and uh, the right protection to the players and um yeah like i said it's it's very exciting i can't wait to talk to her about it yeah me too she needs to come back quickly so we can uh, get all the gossip from her about the camp yeah. and the like we get a very own version of like rusha's room tube except it's like <laughs> via ms and rusha wasn't in camp this time around um well as i said thank you very much karen and um, we will be back during the week to provide you with plenty more on women's football both here and across the water in england the koi gig pod on off the ball sponsored by cabri official staff partner to republic of ireland women's national team thank you very much for listening the Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team.